If you want to build a reputation as someone who keeps their word, then you have to learn to master risk. This is Walking Your Talk, a personal development podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor, and I've spent my life working with leaders in organizations on how to change their culture. But this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks your talk at work and beyond, then this podcast is for you. Hello, and welcome to the next episode in this series I'm recording at the moment on performance acceleration in support of the book I've just brought out called Accountability at Work. And the more I'm called to talk about accountability as a result of the book, what I'm finding from people who work in the organizations who are our clients, that I'm noticing certain characteristics, certain habits, which are visible in those who are very accountable and are much less visible in those who are not, or who can't always be counted on to deliver what they say they will. The one I want to explore with you more deeply today is that of risk mastery. Now, I like to think of a risk as anything that could go wrong, anything that could cause you not to achieve what you wanted to achieve, like a financial goal or a deadline, or could cause you not to meet a standard that matters to you, like staying alive and healthy. So a few years ago, I think the word risk culture became very fashionable. You may remember that. And I think it confused things and even made some people consider risk to be something that needs to be the domain of experts like actuaries or financial wizards. And even the term risk culture I found confusing because I was kind of left wondering, so are we supposed to take more risk or take less risk? So that's why I like the idea of risk mastery. So why do you think risk is such an important factor for accountable people? Let me put this in really simple terms, because things going wrong are what causes us not to deliver, not to keep our word. We have great intentions, we say we're going to do something, stuff comes up that we weren't expecting, and we fail to deliver. And I think those who master the art of preventing things going wrong are actually those who end up being those people who can keep their word and deliver. And those who anticipate what might go wrong and can plan around that are able to take much bolder decisions because they build confidence in their ability to manage or even prevent those risks. So they will take a decision which other people might see as risky because they judge that they have been able to anticipate and manage or will be able to manage that risk. So risk masters both can stretch and deliver. And that's the sweet spot. That really is the magical combination. You think about what any organization wants from their people. They want people who can deliver, but they also want people who will stretch and go beyond the obvious. Because here's the thing, many people don't actually consciously, objectively, and even enthusiastically embrace risk. 
They don't think about it, they don't anticipate it, they don't mitigate against it. And those who do, I'll call risk masters, and I'll come back to those soon. But first of all, let's have a look at two common mindsets that I've found which don't lead to risk mastery. One is the gung-ho approach. When set a goal, the answer is always, yes, of course, I can do that. We can achieve anything. Often someone will agree to that without actually checking with anyone else in the team whether they think they can achieve it. And sometimes I find there's an element of one-upmanship here, of always wanting to look good and look better than anyone else, to win at the expense of other people, not necessarily in a useful way, but rather in a way that doesn't want to face into weakness. We used to call them cowboys, but I think there are just as many cowgirls. It's that kind of gung-ho, yeah, 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 yeah. In the eyes of those people, often identifying and talking about why something might not be possible or might go wrong is a seen to be a sign of weakness or of non, not being committed or even somehow that, you know, I should have already fixed that thing and so therefore I don't want to raise it now because it would suggest that I didn't do my job well already. I have a client who's got many people in their culture like that and it's becoming the nature of the team. It's become the norm in that team. And he tells me that he's actually had to assign special meeting time where the only task, the only topic is to talk about all the things that could happen to prevent the team from achieving their goals. And he's actually had to actively encourage risk anticipation and make it the thing to do if you want to look good. So he's had to redefine the term looking good. So instead of it means, yeah, I can do anything, it's more somebody who can sensibly, objectively and enthusiastically anticipate risks. So gung-ho blindness to risk and that kind of overconfidence where there's a tendency to then overpromise and underdeliver is one challenge. On the other hand, the other challenge is extreme caution about risk, which can also be a problem because some people are acutely aware of risk and that leads them to be very cautious, to lack confidence, play safe, stay within the guardrails, not put their hand or head above the parapet, take no risk in effect, and only do things that they're 100% confident will work out okay. That's another sort of culture that will evolve in a company where people don't stretch, they don't take those risks. And whilst they may deliver on what they said they would do and what they promise, but what they promise is very limited so those who make demands of those people, their customers or their colleagues or their boss, will not be happy. Those who make asks of those sort of people want them to stretch themselves. They want them to go beyond the norm, to excel and to deliver more than the minimum. They want them to experiment and try new things, even if occasionally they don't work out. And so here, the role of the leader is to encourage the stretch to support taking some of those risks. So gung-ho over-optimism and risk aversion over-caution, neither of those two master risk. But there is a third way, 
I see it in some people and it's a learnable set of skills and habits and mindsets. And it can become a pattern of behaviour in your culture. So risk mastery requires the ability to do three things, to anticipate, to evaluate and to mitigate risk as a daily conscious habit. Now, you already do a whole lot of these things, some of them all the time, some of them some of the time, because otherwise you, you wouldn't even survive. But if you want to hit that sweet spot of being able to stretch to the maximum and deliver consistently, then you need to be able to do it this more often and probably in a more disciplined way. Because stretching and delivering will delight everyone who depends on you, customers, bosses, colleagues and friends. So what to do? Here are some exercises to get started. Let's look at anticipation. When you make a commitment, does your mind automatically run through the risks? It almost certainly does to some extent, but not perhaps as rigorously as it could. So let's look at, say, small things like deadlines. Can you deliver this by a certain date or a certain time? Does your mind run through what could go wrong? Who are the other people you're depending on? For a subcomponent of that, what kind of external change could happen in circumstances? What new and compelling demand could somebody make of you which takes over and makes it hard to deliver on the earlier promise? Or if it's about being on time, you know, committing to be at a meeting on time, same kinds of risks appear. Other things run over, other demands come in. You don't anticipate unexpected circumstances. And then when you're looking at bigger, longer-term performance, of course, there's more risks because the time frame is often longer, the issues are much more complex, and you're looking at changes to customer behaviour or losing a key team member or problems with your unions or machinery breaking down or global or local events, economic events, a pandemic, all these things that could happen. So risk anticipation is simply to be very conscious when you make a commitment or before you commitment of running through those risks. Now, that might take a few seconds if it's something small, or it might take some time with your whole team if it's something big. So that's the first one. Second one is risk evaluation. And here we're looking at how likely is it that those threats will happen? And if they do, how big an impact would they have? Now, those calculations are sometimes done in seconds before you make a commitment to someone, or they might, again, might take much longer. But it's the same thinking pattern, whether the commitment is a small one or a big one. What could go wrong? How big is the impact? How likely is that to happen? And then the third risk mastery skill is risk mitigation. And here you can go down two routes, risk reduction or plan B. So when I was working with a group recently, they had anticipated a risk of industrial action, that that was going to be a risk to them to be able to deliver their performance targets. Now, they considered that the likelihood of that was actually quite low, but the impact would be very high because it would paralyze, I think it was a fifth of their relevant workforce. So their risk reduction plan involved really examining whether the conversations between the company and employees and the unions were the best that they could be. Had they been really digging their heels in too much and kind of spiraling into a negative state? Were they still listening to each other? How could they build more trust? So there was one whole plan of action they then put in place to actually really focus on improving those relationships. And then their plan B, remember plan B is what happens 
if the risk does eventuate and then you've got to find a way of working around it. Risk reduction is to minimise the likelihood it'll happen. Plan B is dealing with it with it does. And their plan B was about building a way for other sites to ramp up their production and cover at least part of what the industrial damage would do, with the industrial action would damage. And that required having a, a kind of a secondary supply chain that could be activated almost instantly. So that's how you look at risk mitigation on a large scale. But here's a much smaller example. So I have a big presentation next week on Zoom, 300 people to a client at their conference. And I right now, as I record this, am locked in quarantine in a hotel in London with security guards outside the door, the whole piece, because I was last week in a red zone country. I was in Brazil and that's the English policy at the moment. So the internet connection here I am discovering is mediocre. So my risk anticipation right now is I am testing it through every channel. It's okay, but occasionally it is cutting out. So that's not going to be good enough. So I'm going, okay, here's a problem. My evaluation is that it would be really bad. Obviously, it'd be really bad with 300 people. The client's got this big event. And if I lose connection, that's a problem. So I've got to do something seriously about this. So here's my mitigation plan. Risk reduction is that my first plan was to try and change rooms. But then I discovered that they won't let us change rooms. And no one's even allowed to come into my room in the period that I am in lockdown. So changing rooms is out of the question. Second option that I came up with was, okay, the hotspot on my phone. Very expensive, but is excellent. And so what I've done is I've removed the cap on my spending so that it doesn't suddenly run out in the middle of this presentation. And I'm feeling pretty okay. I think it's going to be all right. So that's my risk reduction. My risk, my plan B for if it were still to go out is that I've actually got a colleague who would also be there. And she's got the slides and she could give the presentation. And she and I have been planning, okay, so if I get out on my internet, she'll send people to a break or go into breakout groups and you know, that'll take 15 minutes. And we've sort of practiced what she can do to give me 15 minutes or so to sort out what's going on and find another way through. I'm sure that's the sort of problem that many of you listening to this will be having. And you've probably gone through similar types of thinking. And that type of thinking is anticipation evaluation, mitigation. So with all those risks covered, I feel confident I'm going to be able to deliver 100% be able to deliver my word. And that for me is the mastery of risk. So this is in this whole series on accountability, because remember, accountability is the ability to do what you say you're going to do, to make a commitment and hit it. And then I've layered in, in this piece, a piece that the commitment still has to be something of a stretch. It's got to be big enough that your asker, as I'm calling it, accountability, the person who's asking you to deliver something is happy. So what I'm finding is people who really work on risk mastery become able, one, to be more reliable, but two, to also stretch themselves further and further. So they are neither over-optimistic, over-promising gung-ho, nor risk aversion. They are in the middle of that sweet spot. And that's why I think it's such an important skill to master, not only with your individual, but also with your team. And I really encourage you to take what's been in this podcast and just 
Play around with your team, experiment with anticipation, evaluation, mitigation. Think about the commitments that you're making and spend time really thinking about how you master those risks. You'll find that risk mastery is a great tool to add to your pursuit of performance acceleration. And I look forward to you joining me next time in the next episode of this series where we will continue to discuss what it takes to accelerate your performance. Goodbye for now.